0: Greetings, Unstoppable Yes You podcast listeners. I'm your host, Carlos Philip, and I'm back with a brand new series, Caribbean Women in Tech. As a woman in the technology field for the last 15 plus years, I've been asked a lot of questions over the years about my job and the industry I work in. So I decided to call on my fellow Caribbean sisters in the tech field to provide some insight for those of you that are interested in identifying pathways to careers in tech. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing my dear friend, who is the Chief Technology Officer for the National Association of College and University Business Officers, Monica Dillahan. Welcome, Monica. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Carlos. So just a little backstory, Monica and I met through the Women in Tech organization, the DC chapter where I led programs for young girls in the D.C. metro area who were interested in STEM fields. And Monica started out as a volunteer for our Share No Success program. And I saw how dedicated she was to the cause. So I recruited her to come on board as my co-chair. And we've just been um, friends and closely connected since. So Monica, you've been in the tech space for over 20 years. How did you get your start? Um, actually,
1: I was working at LexisNexis as a trainer. And I was approached about a position where they were willing to train someone um, to transition into the tech field. So that's actually how I got my start at a, a organization that was willing to take a risk on me.
0: And before that, what did you do?
1: So LexisNexis, I was um, a trainer, so I trained um, associates, which are um, law students, on how to use the LexisNexis system.
0: Can you share a little bit about what you do in your role as a CTO and what a typical day looks like for you? As a chief technology officer,
1: I'm responsible for all of the technology assets in the organization, from the phone system, software applications... Any uh, financial obligations that we may have, whether it's licensing, budgeting, and any hardware infrastructure from laptops, monitors, any equipment um, tied to technology in the office.
0: And that's that's a critical role because, you know, without technology, it's hard to keep your business humming, I guess, right?
1: Yes, which was definitely evident uh, with COVID and transitioning to remote uh, work. Luckily, we had all of these uh, technology um, applications already in place to make an easy transition.
0: Did you always have an interest in technology?
1: Ironically, I actually was interested in architecture, um, architectural engineering, which kind of relates... Um,
0: But no, I kind of fell into it, loved it, and just went with it. What's the best part about being a woman in the tech industry?
1: I think it's that every day is different. There are always challenges. You do have to have the right, uh, let's say, thick skin and um, excited about those challenges uh, that you may face every day.
0: Monica, you are of um, ketitian and Puerto Rican heritage, but you were raised in Vermont. So how has your Caribbean background influenced how you've navigated your career in this field?
1: Well, my father worked very, very hard. My mother worked very hard. So I think I had a very hard work ethic, putting in the hours. I was raised that you had to put in the time, you had to be accountable. Also, to always be curious, which is perfect for the, the type of work that I do. And um, education is a must.
0: So there are two things that stood out to me in your response. One, um, having a strong work ethic. And then also curiosity. I definitely agree with that. From a work ethic standpoint, um, technology is, you know, sort of the the backbone of some organizations. And, you know, sometimes if something can go wrong, it usually does. And in your role, I understand how critical that would be um, in terms of having to be able to be ready, right, when those um, events happen. And then two, curiosity, um, because technology is forever evolving um, and you have to stay on top of, um, the latest and greatest, you have to be curious and um, just keep abreast of all of the new technology that can help to improve productivity and efficiencies in your organization. Would you agree? Yes. And and you hit on the, the key point there
1: is uh, implementing something that will help your organization. I think some mistakes that are made, it's great to have the latest and greatest. But if it's not going to help your organization do what they need to do uh, to meet their business objectives, it's not a, not the best decision.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. So there's a lot of awareness around the gender gap in the tech industry. Um, what do you think are the biggest challenges women face in tech?
1: I think I'll probably sound like a broken record, but it is being heard, um, being heard in a room. One of the other challenges is looking around a room and not seeing others like you, whether it's females or females of color in the room. That is a daily challenge and that's why, you know, stars aligned and we met um, working with Girls in Technology because we were able to uh, encourage more females to get into the field.
0: And what is your organization doing uh, more specifically to help recruit and identify women talent, more specifically Black women talent in tech-specific roles? So in my role as the CTO,
1: I can mold what I want my team to look like and Our organization as a whole has a diversity initiative, but you have to be able to walk the walk, you know, talk the talk and actually put those things into practice, which our organization has done. And at one point, my whole team from the web development uh, to database, they were all female. Whether that was intentional, I, I don't know if that was necessarily the case, but I did want to give women an opportunity to highlight their talents and prove that they can do the job just like anybody else.
0: And so in that vein, I remember when we met, you were probably a director or senior director role. And then um, you've since moved up. And we talked about, you know, some of those Challenges that you faced as you were sort of navigating your path. So, tell us a little bit about that in terms of mentorship that you received to help you to get to um, what is essentially, you know, the head technologist role at your company.
1: So, do you mean from a perspective of who mentored me?
0: Yeah. Like, how did you? Yeah, how did you go about moving up the ladder? So, I purposefully
1: sought women who exemplified where I wanted to be and had conversations with those individuals, not necessarily trying to follow their path, but pick their brain on, you need an ally or someone that is in your corner to bounce ideas off of and help you navigate um, some of the decisions that you need to make along the way. And frankly, they need to be able to have frank discussions with you if you are navigating in the wrong direction. So I was lucky in that vein that I had women in my corner and frankly, some men that were champions for me being very successful.
0: What roadblocks would you say you faced along the way and how did you handle them?
1: One of the roadblocks I faced was that of I was constantly told... I did not have enough education, whether that was viable or not. As women, unfortunately, we have to work harder. We have to have more education under our belt. We have to have more certifications. So I just put the time in and got the education that I need, got the training that I need so that I could confidently compete and could confidently use that as a asset that I could navigate and get where I wanted to go.
0: And what specific training did you receive and and what specific certifications did you obtain? So for the type of job that I wanted to do,
1: uh, frankly, I actually wanted to go into the project management space. And that's the direction I I, I headed in and worked towards my PMP. And then I just went back to school and got my master's in technology management with a specialization in project management because the higher you get up the ladder, you're doing more of the project management piece, making sure that people are doing what they need to do and that work is being fulfilled and that the research is being done that needs to be done, making sure that you're moving in the right direction. And there's the whole financial piece. Technology is not cheap. And being able to negotiate uh, contracts and save your organization money while getting them the technology that they need.
0: Would you say there's a particular personality trait that's needed? to be successful in the tech field as a woman or in just in general? I would say
1: not necessarily as a woman, but in general, you have to be tenacious. You have to be curious. You have to want to know the why. There's many reasons why things do what they do. And knowing why they do those things (laughs) is important uh, to help you troubleshoot what the issue may be, or why a particular solution is not working.
0: Uh, what advice would you give a young woman considering a career in the tech industry? Like, what did you wish you knew going into it?
1: I wish early on that I had someone championing for me because you get pretty beat up. It is a male dominated area and when you also add a woman of color, or, you know, I've been in this 25 years, I was the unicorn in the room. I was the individual that she couldn't possibly be a technologist and being able to tell that young girl, just keep going, ignore the naysayers. And you have to champion for yourself and have a vision of where you want to be if you're 18 and you want to be a CTO one day you just got to put that on your dream board and and it will happen
0: with a lot of work though
1: <laughs> yes a lot a lot a lot a lot of work and a lot of hours and uh frankly there have been a lot of sacrifices you know vacations and weekends and long hours I am in a good place now but you have to put that You got to put the time in. So you mentioned
0: you've been beaten up. And, you know, that was a conversation that I've had with some of my colleagues and friends in the industry. And so a lot of, you know, some of the things that we've done through, um, you know, the STEM program is to help, you know, young women identify pathways to um, careers in the tech field. Uh, But we also see that for those that enter a lot of them leave, right, because of being beaten up. So give me an example of a time that you were beaten up, as you say. What Kind of take me through that experience. What was that? How did it make you feel? And how did you kind of um, deal with it to, you know, just stay on track?
1: One, I think, is when I walk into a room and people – Um, may prejudge you. So it may be a situation like, for example, I was working as a systems engineer, a systems admin, and essentially the individual that I work with, he tried to belittle me and talk down to me and tried to make me feel stupid, frankly when in reality i did know what i was doing luckily in that situation i did have a counterpart that observed this and he was kind of the one that helped validate that situation you know validate that i knew what i was talking about um and I did have a situation where I frankly wanted to get out of tech. I was I was tired of putting in all the hours and not getting any recognition, not getting any promotions, not getting any um, raises. And I had a, it was actually um, Dr. Freeman Hrabowski, uh He is at UMBC. He pulled me aside and he said, essentially, I don't have a choice. There are little girls and boys looking at you and they need to see more of themselves in these roles. You have to forge forward. You have to You have to finish this. It, and I don't know why those words touched me the way they did, but that's when I just got my, my second win, so to speak. And after that, things seemed to fall into place. It was like a,
0: a reset for me. That's pretty powerful. Monica, I know firsthand that you are very passionate about empowering young girls to become innovators. That's evident in the work that you've done with Girls in Tech and also DC STEM Ambassadors, which we worked on together. And I know that piece specifically focused on um, the underserved communities and schools in the DC area. So how else have you been helping women of color or just the disadvantaged community to identify avenues to careers in the tech industry?
1: So one way I've been doing that is just volunteering at area schools, implementing the hour of code in those school systems, helping those kids get exposure. Granted, it's not all about coding, but they need to get excited about technology uh, in general. You know, like doing panels and speaking to these two young girls that, for example, I was on a panel and it was for Black Girls Code and a girl came up to me at the end of the presentation and she was in tears and I was like, oh, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, you've inspired me. Can I take a picture with you? I want to put you on my dream board. And then I was in tears, but it's just that one person
0: who who knows what she will become in the future? That's awesome. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. You know the information that you shared was very insightful. To our unstoppable yes, you tribe, thanks so much for your time, and I really hope you found this information valuable. If you're new to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, don't forget to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts, and Red Circle to get new episodes delivered to you as they drop each week. And lastly, visit unstoppableyesu.com for more content, including profile articles on Caribbean achievements and excellence.